Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where we here chat to those who work behind the scenes in theatre to create the magic that you see on stage. From writers to directors, producers to designers. And on today's episode, episode 104, I am joined by Stagey Place returnee Georgie Bailey, who first appeared during our Edinburgh Fringe specials in 2022. And joining Georgie on this episode is director Lucy Betts, who together are bringing these words that will linger like ghosts till the day I drop down dead to the Pleasance Theatre in London from the 13th until the 24th of June. Now I had the absolute pleasure of talking with Georgie and Lucy a couple of weeks back. It was a really fun episode and we do laugh quite a lot throughout it but we also do talk about themes of grief which is something that we really should be talking more about and really opening up about how we deal with the subject matter. So I really hope that you also get something out of this episode, something new about themes of grief that maybe we can also talk more freely about when we are with people. And maybe having this art form of theatre is one of those ways that we can talk. So with that in mind, I really hope that you enjoy today's episode, episode 104 of The Stagey Place with writer Georgie Bailey and director Lucy Betts. Hello Georgie and hello Lucy and welcome to the Stagey Place. How are you both doing today? Good, hello. Excited to be here. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited to have you on. For people who listen to the Stagey Place, you may realise that Georgie has been on the podcast before in one of our Edinburgh Fringe episodes last year, talking about Caligari, which was at the Edinburgh Fringe and was the winner of the Untapped Award in 2022. But today we are going to be talking about a brand new show written by Georgie and directed by Lucy, which is these words that will linger like ghosts till the day I drop down dead. Georgie, I know that you've probably had this question probably quite a lot in response to interviews that you've taken. What can you tell us about the title and how it responds to the play? It's a mouthful for one, as you know. It's a nightmare to put a tweet out about it because it takes up all the characters. <laughs> Ultimately, it sort of came from a place of like, on a kind of very honest level, I'd written a lot of plays with one word titles. So I thought, let's try something new out. And I think mainly like the play deals with a lot of like the words that are left behind and the words that we wish we said. And I thought let's put as many words in a title as possible to kind of speak to that as well. And I think I think the play deals a lot with like the language that we choose to use and like the vocabulary and stuff like that. And I think mainly, I think that was what I was trying to go for with the title was like kind of set a tone for the piece in terms of like the poeticness of it, but mainly just to kind of try and not let the play title be remembered, which is uh, what's happened really. But no, I think that's the main kind of thing is, yeah, trying to play around with what words mean and also like the way that the words really stick and the way the way the words really like linger around and stuff, which hopefully the title speaks to, but I've no idea if it does or not. So yeah. yeah. You just made me think actually when you were talking about social media and trying to promote it and stuff, how I'm going to promote this episode and talk about the fact that you two are working on it. Because like you say, it does, take up many many uh characters up in social media posts lucy (laughs) talk to me about this show then and how did it fall into your lap and working with georgie so georgie and i actually met when georgie was in the youth theater that i used to direct at years ago when he was 15 a young man a young man (laughs) and we stayed in touch moving forwards and then reconnected when Georgie was working at Chichester Festival Theatre and I was working at Chichester Festival Theatre and over that time we've just formed this really lovely 
friendship. And it's been really, really special seeing Georgie grow from, you know, this young man with ideas buzzing, finding his direction and his path to now coming full circle and and working with him on his place with his company. It's really really special to me that it's happened that way and I sometimes forget that it has I just sort of take it for granted that we've known each other for so long it means our working relationship is so solid because we understand each other we know each other quite deeply I think and so when approaching work like this which is it's emotional and it's it's we're vulnerable it means that we approach it from a, a really strong position and we're able to call each other out (laughs) if we're being (laughs) something's not working or or we're unsure about something we know each other so well that we can just say oh we sure no great moving on really lovely that was so lovely thank you (laughs) (laughs) i love this it's it's nice when it's like warm-hearted and heartfelt and lovely (laughs) (laughs) so georgie talk to me then when you started having this idea for this show. I know that you are about to start rehearsals very, very soon. So talk to me about where this show actually started and when you actually started writing it. Yeah, I mean, it came out of this like burst, sort of like post-pandemic kind of time, so like sort of 2021. And I didn't really have any intention of of writing it in the first place. Like it wasn't a play idea that I'd sort of been settling on for ages. And I think it's sort of, to be completely frank, like it came out of a place of, I experienced quite a lot of grief in like quite a short space of time and I think for me like I found it a lot easier to talk through those things with my friends than I did like with my family at all and then I was thinking about it a lot more as well because I think the grief of like losing my grandmother was quite difficult and I think for me it kind of then spurred on a lot of like mental health issues for myself and like they've always been prevalent across my life but I think particularly in that period it was a very dark period for me and I think I found it a lot easier to speak to the people close to me like my friends than I did those who had sort of raised me and I'd, I'd been around all that time I don't know I find it a really interesting like dichotomy between the abilities that we have to talk to our friends as opposed to like relatives and so the play kind of came out of that idea of that I really struggled to like talk to my brother about that stuff and I think particularly it's it's this idea of like the stigmas that are still present within mental health we're getting better as a society about like communicating and having conversations about that stuff but I think in family circles like we do struggle on the whole I think there's there's a struggle to speak to like the people that we've known for so long about those things because I guess they've seen you as kids and xyz and all that kind of stuff so I think that's kind of where it came from and I think as well there's a lot of stuff in the play where like, I wish I'd done things differently I'd wish I'd you know spent my last moment with my grandma slightly differently and all this kind of stuff and I think there's always these things with grief that you think about the things you could have done or could have said and ultimately you can't change the past but we still all hold on to the ways that we wish we could have done things which is incredibly difficult like it's a difficult thing to kind of experience and go through and then I feel like we all kind of experience it in, in some way or another basically so yeah but wrote it very quickly but it's gone through a big development period um obviously like with, with the help of, of Lucy and, and the rest of the team as well but I think yeah the kind of initial drafting phase was like four days if that like I really banged it out so here we are yeah and so obviously Lucy listening to that talking about stigma about mental health and stuff like this when you're going into a rehearsal room with a script like this which sounds like it can be quite heavy at times talking about the themes of, you know, why Georgie wrote it, especially, and bringing that through with the cast. How do you, in general, make a rehearsal room a safe space for everyone? 
Uh, that's such an interesting question. I think whatever project I'm I'm working on, whether it's a ridiculous musical <laughs> or a, a play like this that's really delving into into grief and into emotions that you get to a certain stage in life and everyone has experienced in some way and everyone has deep feelings towards it. No matter what I'm working on, the number one priority is the safety of the people in the room. And that's not just the actors, that's every everybody in the room. Because when you're making something, when you're creating something, you're bringing yourself along with it. And so everyone in that room is vulnerable, stage management to actors, to designers, to whoever is in the room. I always have an open rehearsal room policy in that if someone needs to take a break, they take a break, it's not a problem. Sometimes we come up with a code word <laughs> to sort of take the power away from that moment. If you have to come up to a desk and say like pineapple, it's immediately silly <laughs> yeah. or it's it's immediately lightened and, and people can just step out for five minutes or half an hour. It's not a problem. Whatever will help everyone in the room to keep moving forwards and keep telling these stories. That's what we do. We check in and we check out, but we also follow up on those check-ins and check-outs. I think sometimes a check-in and a check-out is sort of the bare minimum that people can use in a rehearsal room. And yep. and it's sort of ticked a box in a way. It's like, well, I've checked in and we've checked out, so we're fine now. But I think it's about keeping that awareness of where that person is at that time. And also knowing that some people don't want to talk about it. Some people don't want to share that's also fine. And on this project, we've, we're working, Georgie would, would, I'm sure we'll be able to chip in a little better. We're working with an arts mental health worker who will be on hand to support the team. She's called Michaela. Uh, she's trained to be a psychotherapist and basically has arts training. So she effectively works with different companies and venues, basically support their artists and their teams wherever they may need it. So in this capacity, like she's sort of there to like support any member of the team if they just need a call to like chat through some, some thoughts or some what they're kind of thinking about things. So yeah, we're really excited to work with that. And also we're looking to get kind of uh, mental health first aid training for the whole team so that then we can all kind of look to support each other. But I think to echo what Lisa was saying, like I remember like back in youth theatre, like way back, there was always this feeling of like a really warm room and like a really supportive room. And like no matter what context we were working within, I remember coming into one of Lucy's rehearsals in Chichester and like that same feeling was there. I think what's so blessed about being able to work with Lucy is like there's always this element of support there no matter like where it is. And I think that like particularly for this project, I mean, as well, like, you know, our work from from previous projects and stuff like this is probably the most like serious tone that we've ever gone for. You know, we still have a lot of the fun and the kind of like experimental elements that a tube boy project always has. But I think with something like this, it's so blessed to have a director like Lucy on board because it's like and already from the read through the other day, there is such a warm feeling around it and such a supportive room. And Lucy's like one of the most caring and generous directors and even just people that I've ever known. So it's just lovely to have a group of people. And it's nice to have Lucy at the helm of it as well, because it just feels like we're making it for the right reasons. And also, I think we're making sure that the work that we're creating supports conversation rather than just kind of putting out a load of ideas about mental health and what we should move forward with and actually trying to curate that sense of how do we move forward as a society with these things at the helm of it. I think it's also obviously it's really important to say that we're not mental health professionals or experts in any way. That's not our profession. But what we are is human beings with the capacity to be kind. So that has to be at the forefront of, of everything that we do. This industry is hard, <laughs> really hard, hard going. And the more that we're able to talk about that, the better. 
always to give people a platform to say how they're really feeling is never going to be a negative thing. And I think I bang on about this all the time, but a, a kind rehearsal room is a creative rehearsal room because you feel safe and comfortable to explore your yeah. own creativity yeah absolutely you have that chance to just speak don't you like you say if, if you have these code words or whatever where you could just break away and can just talk and just share everything that you want to share especially when you say like you know some people may not want to share right in that moment in like a check-in because they know it's coming at the start of the day and they just yeah. want to get on with the work but then there may be a point where actually they do just want to share something if there's something within the script, whether or not that's Georgie's script or any rehearsal room that you've been in, Lucy, and just want to talk, then they know it's a safe space, which is, yeah. is wonderful. A check-in is quite pressurised sometimes. It's like when you're in a workshop and you have to say a fact about yourself and immediately yeah. you forget everything about yourself that's ever happened to you. <laughs> it's like, it's coming and it's going to be me next and oh, what am I going to say? And then you go, yeah, I'm fine, I'm great. <laughs> it's, it, can, it can feel quite pressurised. So I think it's just about working out the dynamics of the people in the room and treating rehearsal room individually rather than going in with like a sort of general broad approach yes yeah well we're going to take a break on talking about the play at the moment as I want to discuss your backgrounds Lucy and Georgie in theatre it's something that I always do with all of my guests Georgie I know that when we spoke about Caligari you know, it really was a condensed episode. So it's nice to be able to talk now about your backgrounds in theatre. So Georgie, let's start with you. Talk to me about how theatre came into your life and how you found writing as a career in the industry. Yeah, it was quite an unconventional way in, to be honest. I came to the arts, like, I always say quite late, but it's, it's must have been like 15, 16 that I, that I started getting into theatre. So I did a bit at school and like did a bit of acting and stuff. And then my drama teacher was like, oh, like, you should try out for this for this youth theatre. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, I'll see how I go. And then a friend of mine, like, went and I was like, or like went to a local youth theatre in Petersfield. They were like, oh, you got to try this thing out. Like, it's it's mad, like all this kind of stuff. So then basically just went along to an audition and thought, oh, I'll just see what happens in Guildford. I remember being so nervous and I did the monologue from, you know, the um, she loves me, she loves me not and all that. And I thought, oh, I don't know what's going to be sick is I do it with a coin. Um, that would be shit like they've seen that before like that's really gonna do it <laughs> and drop the coin like within the first <laughs> like, but yeah so I started out wanting to be an actor and like luckily got into the youth theater and sort of that was my main kind of drive and like you know I wanted to drop out of college and just be an actor and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff I think then like the self-doubt started to creep in and I was like ah, I don't know if this is like what I want to do career path wise and you know, didn't really believe in myself in that sense. So then basically spent a few years just trying everything out. So yeah. went to Chit Festival Theatre. Luckily through the Ivanano and through like working with Lucy, I got the opportunity to like do loads of different stuff. Like, you know, I was learning like how to facilitate workshops. I was learning like how to be an assistant director, like was like making props and costumes and things for like the theatre shows and stuff. And I think through that was then starting to get a sense of like, oh, okay, there's other things out there than just acting. So what, what might it be for me? Then did a few years in like marketing and all of these kind of different things that like I was kind of wearing a, diff- a lot of different hats my boss in Chichester was like oh what do you want to do and it was the first time anyone had been like what what do you want to be or like what do you want to you know yeah. how about your career in the next few years to be um so I was just like I don't know like maybe you know I'd always been writing poems since I was like 14 and like they were very angsty and you know who knows if I've developed from there but here we are and then yeah just sort of developed from there and was like oh, okay maybe I'll try out this writing thing and I'm still just trying out this writing thing yeah. I, I like I wouldn't ever say that oh I'm, I'm like 
that's what I am now because I love to like do loads of dabble in different stuff. But yeah, I think I think that's always the most important thing is to like to always feel like you're evolving and trying to develop and take your practice to like different elements and areas because otherwise I think you get stagnant and I think you feel like you're always having to churn out similar things. So that's why I'm blessed to like have the company to be able to work with so many nice people because it's just you just feel like you're constantly trying new things out, which has always been the way for me, really. Anyway, long and short of it. That's, that's <laughs> No, but it's like really helped in your favor as well, because I know that you obviously do a lot of videography as well and you you mm. help shoot other people's stuff, which is amazing because it just shows that you're not just like dipping your feet into writing, which, you know, I guess at times could be quite a lonely thing if you're if mm. you're just by a desk by yourself and needing to, you know, just find these ideas, but maybe not collaborating. Whereas I guess you've got these other avenues within the industry where you can collaborate with other companies with videoing their productions, right? Yeah, totally. And like, and then it really helps out, like, because then it helps us to like support other people to like get their work, like, you know, captured in a digital way. But also that allows us to then meet other people who might be potential collaborators and stuff, which is, yeah, it all works quite nicely together. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's wonderful. So Lucy, let's talk about you then. Talk about your career path into theatre. I was so I was a member of a youth theatre from the age of six to the age of twenty. So it was my childhood. I grew up making theatre with like-minded people, and and you know some of my best friends now are the the people I met when I was ten years old. And so then when I knew I wanted to work in theatre, I didn't know what or how. Similarly to Georgie, I was just a bit lost. And then remembered how important youth theatre had been to me as a young person who struggled at school, struggled to find my own identity, found it at a theatre and was really lucky to do so. And didn't think of anything sort of wonderful to do than to go back to youth theatre and be on the other side and work with young people and create together and to tell stories. And like the the oldest invention is storytelling, realistically, you know, that felt really really special so I did that for a long time and I'm still doing that I run a youth theatre still to this day and it's wonderful and inspiring in in so many ways and then sort of migrated towards grown-ups and have fallen into act musician theatre great because it feels like a really natural fit for me for the way I work in terms of collaboration and showing all the cogs how it's all working but still having the audience right there in the palm of your hand is just really really magical so I've sort of ended up doing a lot of that which is totally by accident I didn't set out to do it but it just was like this fits really well with who I am and how I work this is great what a what a happy coincidence and I think one of my um, university lecturers said to me that she didn't know what she wanted to do she thought she wanted to act she wasn't sure and then she was sat in a rehearsal and she wasn't concentrating what she was doing she was looking at the pictures that were being created and she was thinking in pictures and lines and the overall arc of it and she went oh that's directing and I went oh it's exactly what's going on in my brain it was just this like sudden penny dropped and it's just the best job in the world I just love it I can't imagine doing anything else you just get to tell stories and you get to play and you get to meet all these incredible people and collaborate and constantly learn from the people around you oh my goodness it's just absolutely magical isn't collaboration Uh, just the most exciting thing though because I think that (gasps) people think that directors are the only people really that have directed that scene but really it's it's the actors in the space knowing what they want to do and they talk with the directors and it becomes just the most collaborative process in the world like it's it's a joy it's a playground 
for everyone in that room. It's incredible. When I started out, I thought as a director that I needed to have all of the answers and I had to yeah. walk into the room and know everything about everything so that if anyone asked me a question, I could give them the answer straight away. And I quickly realised that, that it was completely silly because actually what's brilliant is walking into a room going, I don't know what this is, but why don't we explore it together? What yeah. What do you think? How do we think we can shape this? How, how are we going to serve the story? And then you create it together and it's just, oh... It's just magical. Yeah, I and people also it. think that a, a, a room, a, a rehearsal room, could be quite like a pressure cooker because you may only have like two weeks to obviously create <laughs> play. But like you say, if there is, if there's an idea that people want to work with and you want to find the right way to do it, you will give the time to work through that scene because you want to make everybody in the room have a say in in what yeah. they are creating. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's everyone has the right to have a say and the right to have an opinion and ev everyone should feel comfortable and safe enough to give their ideas and to try them out yeah. and it, there's no wrong this is I, it's great you can't yeah. be wrong <laughs> <laughs> but it might not work it might not be the right thing that doesn't mean it's wrong you know having that safety net of, of not being afraid to sort of in inverted commas fail yeah there's no failure you just find you're just on the the path to finding the solution that worked with that yeah. particular situation. It's, oh, it's the best. It, it, it is wonderful. I wish we could have a whole episode about rehearsal rooms, <laughs> but I know that we are here to talk about the show. Once again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no but it's wonderful like I'm not I'm not I'm not dissing the talk about it I'd love to talk about it but we are obviously here to talk about these words that will linger like ghosts to the day I drop down dead it's Say it five, five times theater. it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the Pleasance Theatre from the 13th until the 24th of June so let's actually talk about the story then Georgie, let's talk about who we find at the start of the show. I know that when reading it, it said a brand new experimental play. So what is this experimental play and where do we find the characters at the start of the production? Yeah, experimental is quite a funny word, isn't it? Because yeah. I think it, it conjures up so many things that just, you know, can be a whole kind of spectrum of, of what, what that word means. For us, experimental in this sense is like how we're playing with form with it. So we're not kind of, you know, chucking things to the audience and like, you know, doing various things with party poppers and things like that. <laughs> not experimental in the slightest. But yeah, I think for us, so these words kind of start with two characters who are putting on a play. And effectively, they're trying to work through some form of grief. And it's the idea that one of the characters has a kind of closer relationship with that person. And we sort of begin to unravel that there's more at play here than, than necessarily is apparent to begin with. And sort of halfway through the play, we kind of have this real turning point where everything kind of shifts on its head and we sort of actually learn it from a different side. So it's really a play of kind of two halves, maybe three thirds, like this kind of idea that we're always trying to play around with how we tell this particular story. And it's written in a very kind of stark way. So it's, it's very kind of stripped back and it's a lot about the kind of everyday words and phrases that we use and like the games that we used to play as kids. And it's there's a lot of kind of nostalgia embedded into it where we kind of, you know, the whole play really is about memory and how we remember events and how we remember them differently to other people. And it's particularly about the kind of things that we hold on to that we then kind of dig away at ourselves for doing or having said and I think the main thing that I'm really excited about is like we've really tried to be conscious about how we tell that story as well and and as we've spoken about before like doing it in a really sensitive way 
But also, I think there is light in there as well. I, I think, you know, a story that deals with these kind of themes, which we're all talking about at the moment, it's really important for us as theatre makers to make sure that we're not just creating this kind of like dark space where it allows people to kind of really sit into it. It's actually about how can we make this like a really relevant story and involve the audience in a way where they feel like they're closer to the subject, right? But they're not kind of having to drill into their own kind of experiences to really appreciate it, if that makes sense. So yeah, two characters, and they're kind of also exploring how theatre can fit into that conversation. Yeah. So the other part we haven't really spoken about is that the play deals with how effective theatre is as a kind of therapy tool. And it's not to say that it's right or wrong, but it's kind of exploring that line of should we use art to kind of deal with our own emotions and our own grief and our own things like that? Uh, and is that positive for us? Is that negative? And all of these kind of things. And I don't really have an opinion on that, but I think it's it's something that's really interesting me at the minute of, of yeah, what kind of theatre can be for and how it can be used as a tool for us as artists as well. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, you don't want to give too much away because you don't want to give too much away about the story, but it's it's nice to like hear it and like, get excited about what audiences can be expecting. So Lucy, let's talk about what you think you would like audiences to expect or take away from this production. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgie touched on this idea of thinking about the, the title alone, this yeah. idea of the things that we weren't able to say to a a person whether that's you know grief takes so many so many forms we can grieve the end of a relationship we can grieve the death of a person that we know the death of a person that we don't know yeah. there's this so it's such a complex thing but no matter what your relationship was with that the person that, that you've lost how well or not that it ended I think everyone can relate to the idea that they wish they could have one more conversation and say all of the things that they think they didn't say and that again it's so vast that experience and it's so personal it's unbelievably relatable in in so many ways and I think it's for me a huge part of it is is about accepting that it's not possible but that's okay you can't get that time back with that person so what can you do to move forwards to remember that person to to value that person to turn that negative into some kind of not even a positive but to just keep keep moving forwards and I think really hard really hard but it's grief is such a difficult thing to talk about my mum died when I was 23 I mean that was quite hard <laughs> but having a conversation about grief is still is still difficult you know when Georgie was was going through his grief it was still difficult for me to to find the right words language is so difficult when it comes to grief and it, it's even just acknowledging that and saying that it's huge I think it's just yeah. going I'm really sorry I, I don't know what to say to help you feel better but I'm here it's just unbelievably important so I think language around grief needs to be more open that's what I think I don't know if I answered your question no, no, no. here we are <laughs> perfect but also it's like those quotes where it's like tell the ones that you love now that you love them like as well as it's grief about you know people who have passed it's about 
really cherishing those who who are still here with us. It sounds wonderful and I cannot wait to hopefully come and see it. I'm currently on tour until the 17th of June, but I know that you're still on until the 24th of June. So I'll be able to come and see the show, which is fantastic. But I really want to ask you the final question that I always ask everybody on this podcast. Have a little bit of light at the end of this episode, because I know that we've spoken quite a lot about grief and about mental health. The final question of this podcast is where your stage you place is. It could be the theatre that has inspired you to write, to direct. It could be the Chichester Festival Theatre. It could be the youth theatres that you guys met at and have formed this working relationship. It could be a person. It could be a theatre. It could be the place, Georgia, that you write. Lucy, the place that you enjoy directing. It could be the rehearsal room. So, Georgie, I'm going to start with you. Whereabouts is your stagey place? Oh, that's a big question, that. I think, for me, it is um, my mum and dad's house. My mum and dad's house is my stagey place. It's a rural little place in Borden, and it it always makes me feel calm and like I can actually think about things. So that's my stagey place. Amazing. And Lucy, where would your stagey place be? It's not necessarily a location. It's it's my stagey place is if I'm in a, a room full of people that I'm excited yeah. to work with. So, but that could be on Zoom. That could be at Georgie's parents' house. <laughs> it could be Festival Theatre, Watermill, Rosebryford, yeah. all of the above. For me, it's like home is where the heart is, you know? It's about oh, the people. I love it. Oh, that was awful. I'm so sorry that I said that. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it in. Now, I wish I put out videos about these podcasts because the way you two have spoken about each other and the loveliness that you've said about each other and the way that you've responded to it has been amazing. So it's been so lovely to record with you guys today. I'll just end this episode by letting everybody know that these words that will linger like ghosts till the day I drop down dead is playing at the Pleasance Theatre from the 13th until the 24th of June. There's two different timings, 7 p.m. and 8.45. So do check when you are going to watch it. And it runs, it says online for about 60 minutes. Georgie and Lucy, thank you so much for joining me today on The Stagey Place. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so there we go. That was my interview with writer Georgie Bailey and director Lucy Betts, who are bringing these words that will linger like ghosts till the day I drop down dead to the Pleasance Theatre in London from the 13th until the 24th of June 2023. Now, if you are interested in booking tickets for the show after listening to this episode, you can do so by clicking the links in our episode notes wherever you are streaming this instalment of The Stagey Place. We'll also have links in our episode so notes to charities who work with bereavement and grief so do make sure to check out these if you were affected by anything that we spoke about in today's episode and so that brings us to the end of this week's installment of the stage you place i've been your host elliot you've been listening to the stage you place and until next time i hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey goodbye <laughs>